Two guys not related, yet somehow are given the same name. It's time for the Two Daves podcast, where we'll answer the age-old question, are two Daves better than one? And now, here's Dave and Dave. Well, welcome back to the Two Daves podcast, where the rules are made up and the points don't matter. I'm Dave. And I'm the other Dave. And if the points don't matter, why does it say I'm ahead by 300 points? Exactly, because they don't matter. Oh, okay, okay. Hey, uh, and this ain't tacos. Yeah. And if you like our podcast, please make sure and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, you know, like us, share, share us around. And one of the reasons why we're not video yet is because, you know, you can only share ugly so much. So uh, yeah. anyway, uh, we, we appreciate you joining us again. And thanks for being with us. Dave. Mm-hmm. It's time. I know it's, it's time for. It's time for the two Dave's fact of the day. All right. Today is sponsored by the Idaho potato with your face. That's right. Never in a million years would you have thought that you needed an authentic Idaho potato with your face on it. Neither did we, but alas, here we are. This vendor will customize a potato for you or the lucky recipient in your life. Get yours by Christmas if you'll order, I think, by what, December 10th? Yeah. They'll have your so. potato head ready for you. Yeah. And now it's time for the two days fact of the day. Vacuum cleaners were originally horse drawn. That, Say what? That doesn't make any sense, does it? All I can picture, Dave, is a miniature horse <laughs> inside the house pulling an old school vacuum cleaner. Well, I would imagine it's probably they had a horse outside and he was maybe on a treadmill or something and they had the wires running into the house or something to power it. I don't know. Well, I think I know what the horse's name was that first did it. Oh. You know, what was it? Kirby, I think. <laughs> okay. All right. We're, we're rolling now. Yeah. Hey Dave, the yeah. time has come. It's time what? for me to take charge and give you a little test of your knowledge. Oh, boy. What what goes around comes around, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. I told you, I've been warning you for several weeks that it's going to happen, and now it's going to happen. And today's topic is Super Bowl trivia. Oh, no. Well, you know, you've you've done things that, that are up my alley, you know, uh, mm -hmm. presidents and movies and things like that and holidays. So I thought I'd get, and you know, I'm going to be really embarrassed if you know the answers to these questions. <laughs> I'm going to be surprised if I do. So <laughs> what's the scoring system? I don't know. I'm going to make it up as I go. How's that sound? <laughs> okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Question number one. What Dallas Cowboy had his helmet stolen at the 1994 Super Bowl? I think it was uh, Troy Aikman. Can I have another guess? Sure. You got minus five points so far. Try it again. <laughs> Michael Irvin. Nope. There's another minus five points. And then Nate Newton. Nope. And there's another minus five points. <laughs> Who? How about Emmett Smith? Oh, duh. Yeah. Emmett that's Smith. right. 
And okay. you're the one who stole it, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. I still have it, in fact. <laughs> well, actually, it was returned to him. He but thinks. It was a no questions asked thing. We still, to this day, don't know who stole it. But yeah, anyway. I, know. I know. All right, question number two. Okay. What, what was the first wild card team to win a Super Bowl? Um, I would think that was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> There's minus five. Do you have any other guesses? Oh, um, how about the, no, I don't know. I don't know. I'll give you a hint. The team has recently moved. Oh, it's the Chargers. (laughs) More recent than that. It's the Raiders. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. So that's minus five. I'm good. Am I good? You got it right. So that's a plus two. So it's a good thing I'm 300 points ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. And you happen to know for extra credit, can you tell me what year that was? Uh that would have been um it was the Raiders. Oh, that would have been 1980 Hmm, 82, 83. Wow, you were so close. 81. 84, 81. 81. Okay. Yeah, I think Jim Plunkett I think Jim Plunkett was the quarterback, and I don't remember who they played. They played Philadelphia, mm. and they beat him twenty-seven to ten. Hmm. Yeah, that was the first wild card team yeah. that won. First wild card team to win. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, okay. number three. What player holds the record for the most rushing yards in a single Super Bowl? Um. You are not looking it's, this up on your phone, are you? It, no, it's recent, right? Can I can uh, I have some no, help? It is it is not. Oh, it is not. No. As a matter of fact, I'll give you a hint. It's Super Bowl 22. Oh, 67, 77, 87, 89, then. Uh, yeah, that's about right. Um oh boy, who is it? Uh, I don't know. Timmy Smith. What? Timmy Smith with the Redskins. Oh. Yeah. So that's a minus five. We should give you another minus five for not ever ever having heard of Timmy Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, just want to let those out there listening that if you need anybody, need any help with trivia for sports, just give me a call or message me and I'm there to help. All right. Question number four. Uh-huh. What player holds the record for the most career fumbles in a Super Bowl? Uh, let's see. Um, Eddie George. Mm. <laughs> Any other guesses? Give me the year. Um, you know what? I don't know the year, to be honest with you. Give me the team. Well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Give me the team they played. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know that one. <laughs> okay, who was it? Roger Staubach. Oh, really? Yep, five fumbles in four games. Oh, yep. boy. Yep. That, I wonder who that was against. I don't know. Number Steelers. five. Mm-hmm. Number five. 
Who is the only player from a losing team to be awarded Super Bowl MVP? The only player from a losing team to be awarded the MVP. Do you have a year? I don't. I can tell you the team. Give me the team. Dallas. Uh, Well, excuse me. I can tell you the year. What year? It was Super Bowl V. So that would be, what, 72? Mm-hmm. Who received it? Oh, uh, that was probably uh, da- that was Dallas. Oh man, is some was it some defensive guy? Uh, I don't know. What's it? I don't know. Chuck Who is Howley. It? Chuck Howley. Chuck Howley. Howley. Mm. You know, I'm good. I'm good I'm at thinking- this. I'm thinking that if your team lost and you were given the VP, MVP award, that maybe that's not a good thing. No, I think they got that confused. Yeah. He was the most valuable. He was the most valuable person to our win, and he was on the other team. <laughs> now we're going to introduce the MVP of the Super Bowl from the losing team. Oh boy! All right, number six. What quarterback led the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history? Now, you probably know this one. Um, yeah, I, I, I would think so. Yeah. I, I knew this. My one. guess is uh, it's uh, Tom Brady. It is correct. And it was That's against. Plus one point. A, it was against the. Uh, uh, let me think. Yeah. Uh, was it? Oh boy, a team out east, right? I can't recall who it was, but it was Super Bowl Fifty One. Yeah, we were at my wife and I were at Disney during that time. Oh, is that right? We watched that game. Yeah. All right, I got one right. right. You got one. How many right? points point, did I get? Point uh, plus one. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven. How much were the most expensive tickets to the first Super Bowl? Oh. Uh, they were probably like, my, my guess is like $75, $12, $12, the most expensive ticket was 12 and they weren't sold out. (sighs) That's weird. People at that time had no idea what the Super Bowl would become. By the way, a little trivia for you. Yeah. My wife's first cousin who lives down in, um. Texas married uh Brad Caffey and oh, his oh. his dad Leroy played for the um Packers and the Dallas Cowboys he's got three let me see three three Super Bowl rings or really? maybe five five Super Bowl rings nice yeah I got to put them on my finger and everything it was pretty cool really that is cool mm-hmm. yeah well, number eight, question number eight. Do I get a point for that? No. no. Uh, question number eight. Uh-huh. How fast was the quickest score in Super Bowl history? Uh, I'm going to guess uh, eight. Let's see, eight seconds or 12 seconds. You know what? It was seven seconds, but because you were so close, I'm going to go ahead and give you that point. Yeah, it was a run back. Uh, it was the Seahawks. Do you remember that? 
It was Super Bowl 48. Was it a run back, right? A touch, uh, kickoff return? Don't know. Okay. I didn't watch it. Actually, actually, no, I take that back. I did watch it, but I can't remember. Okay. All right. Question number nine. What was the only Super Bowl to be simulcast in the United States by two networks? Oh, that has to be a long time ago, I think. It was. Um, my guess is probably Super Bowl three or four. Actually, Super Bowl one. One. Yep. And I'll give you an extra credit if you can tell me the two networks that simulcast it. Well, I think it's ABC was one of them. <laughs> Am I wrong? You're wrong. <laughs> oh, wow. Can you, wow. guess, can you guess the other two? Uh, <laughs> PBS? Yeah. <laughs> and the Food yeah. Network. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. All right, one more. One more, and then we'll stop the embarrassment. Thank goodness. What team holds the record for forcing the most turnovers in a Super Bowl? Um. Is that kind of recent too? Um, you know what? No, well, I don't know. I can't. No, I, I don't know. I don't know when it was. I didn't put that in my notes. Um, my guess is I'm going to say it's the uh, yeah, the Rams. Uh, it's the Cowboys. The Cowboys. Yep, the Cowboys. They had nine, nine turnovers in a in a super single game, four interceptions, and five lost fumbles, oh. and they were playing Buffalo. Oh yeah, Buffalo. Yeah, that's the time Buffalo. I think they lost like two in a row. They they've lost four Super Bowls, and I think that was the second year they were in, and they lost that one really bad. Or that was in the nineties, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Huh. Well, so how did I do? Well, you didn't do terrible. Uh huh. What is worse than terrible? <laughs> uh, well, if I answer that, do I get a point? Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it this way: you, uh, I, I think we're we're tied now in the. Uh, in the- <laughs> oh, that was that was humiliating. You know, I like That's- sports, but I'm not like Rain Man or any of them that are. Yeah. I could, you know, back when I was growing up, I had, I collected baseball cards, football cards. I read stats and did all that. So back then in the day, I would know that stuff. Now it's, now I've got too many of my own stats, you know, to right, think right, about. Right, right. So, well, there like, what cousin. day is it? I bet know? your cousin, I bet your cousin could answer these questions. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I bet. And hey, and since you said that, I'm bringing on my cousin right now. Jeff's on. To go ahead and answer these questions. No, he's not. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> that would have been good though, right? That would be that would be good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Maybe we have to bring him on sometime for him to answer those. That would be good. Yeah. 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 Right. And maybe there should be a little, you know, friendly wager between you and I. If he's, you know, will he get five or less, or will he get below five or over five? Yeah. Okay, we're cooking this up. All right. That'd be fun, right? Yeah, yes. Okay, well, thanks. Hey, tonight we're going to uh, do something a little different. 
as if everything we do isn't a little different, that's for sure. Yeah. Last week, we had a discussion with two other podcasters, and we're going to do that again this week, but in sort of a um, crossover pattern with their episode. Yeah, that, that's right. And our podcasters are very well known to us, especially to me. They're my daughter and her husband, Amy and Marcus Hooper from Caddo Mills, Texas. So welcome, Amy and Marcus. Oh, they're, they're, they're still they're coming on. They're right. coming on. Sorry, I was a little late. That's all right. Are we on yet? There's yes. Amy. There's yes. Amy Marcus. Hello. Hi. Hey. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. This is the guy right here that does our opening yeah. intro section. So thanks a lot, Marcus. You did great. No problem. Hey Marcus, yeah. can you can you uh can you do it real quick? Just kind of give us the intro. Do the live one? Oh yeah. gosh, I don't even know. Yeah, I, don't, I don't even know if I remember. It's been so long since you recorded, you don't even up. know what it says, do you? Make one up. Uh, yeah. Are two dates really better than one? There we <laughs> go. That's in there. It's the Two Daves podcast with Dave and Dave. Hey. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. All right. Yeah. Just let you know that um, royalty checks have started to come in. Okay, good. I was wondering those out. You're in so. season two now, and uh... yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, royalty checks may be three or four seasons behind, but that's that's beside yeah. the point. So. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, uh, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, the podcast that you guys are doing. I actually stumbled upon your guys' podcast. Really? Yeah, I, I've listened. I know it's called, uh, hold on a second, uh, Storytells. <laughs> yes. Now, I I looked up for it today. I'm like, I was looking up storytellers, and I realized there's like a hundred gazillion storytellers out there. (laughs) Storytells. So I've listened to your Justice League one, Uh where you talked about uh, the two different ones. Yes. Um, I listened to your, uh, the first couple ones that you did, because I don't think Amy was on the first Two. No, Justice League was the first one we did together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. And yeah. there's kind of a story there. So originally, those like first few people that I was doing the podcast with, I worked with them at the time, and they were going to continue to be on the podcast. We were going to kind of rotate through. Um, but then they ended up letting me go because that company like suffered a major financial hit and they had to let somebody go. And according to them, it was it was basically eeny, meeny, miny, mo and some prayer. <laughs> and then they were like, well, OK, we think that we need to let you go. We love your work. We love working with you. But somebody has to go and it happens to be you. And so I was like, OK, so I stopped working there. So it wasn't feasible to do the podcast with them. Um, and then I did it with my friend Caitlin for a while. And then we got out of the we stopped doing it. So then recently. I asked Amy if she would do it with me. And at first, I think she didn't think she'd be good at it. Because I think she was like, I don't think, because she's not a cinephile like myself. Uh, so she she thought that she wouldn't have anything good to say about movies or TV shows. She'd be like, I don't, I mean, I, because usually when we talk, like in private, I'm like, what did you think? She's like, it was good. Or she's or, like, I didn't I like, like it. it. <laughs> and a lot of times if I'm like, well, why? She'll go, I don't know. I just didn't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> when we first got married, 
we kind of, you know how like when you first get married, you're still kind of learning about each other. And so you kind of assume things that aren't true because you're, you're assuming they're doing something the way you would do it, but it's, that's not how it's actually happening. So like say, oh, just because I'm curious, especially if I did like it, I'm interested what did not like about it? Just because I like to like, I like that information. I like to pull that information apart. But she thought I was trying to start a fight. So she'd get mad. Oh. At me. I thought and, he was trying to change her mind. Like, tell me, what didn't you like? Yeah, she why, thought it was a Why debate. was it such a bad movie? I'm like, because it sucked. Yeah. And then I get mad. <laughs> I'm like, because I didn't like it. I didn't feel good when I was watching it. It made me feel uncomfortable. It made me sad. And I did not enjoy myself. And then it'd be an argument. <laughs> he'd be like, <laughs> Yeah, that's just like your dad talks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, Marcus, thank you for saying what you did prior. Um, Dave, um, our research team has decided that we're not making enough money and we're going to have to let you go after much uh, careful prayer <laughs> and consideration. So this is your last podcast with <laughs> I can recommend a good counselor. Oh. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. So, you know, Dave, you made me feel bad. Why is that? Because um, I, I've never listened to their podcast. But well, I, that was very apparent to us because I was like, oh, my gosh, we should do a crossover podcast. And you're like, what are you talking about? And I was like, our podcast. And you're like, you have a podcast? Yeah. Well, well, in well, my defense, I didn't know you had one. No one ever told me. talked about it. You were talking about it? We shared it on Facebook or something. Yeah, something. <laughs> I, I didn't oh. see it i you know you have to tell me directly if you want me to know these things <laughs> yeah yeah but i well, will listen sorry. we're because, also well, in, uh, uh, we're also in a few feature films that went into theaters uh we thought you knew <laughs> yeah there's a big premiere and everything we, uh, we wondered why you didn't show up it was kind of rude honestly <laughs> yeah that would be why <laughs> so again the name of your podcast is Storytells. Story tales. Yeah. Story tales. So it's like a mixture of storytelling and fairy tales is the oh, idea. Okay. And yeah. this is found on all on any platform like Spotify, Apple. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Not it, YouTube. It's not on YouTube. YouTube. Okay. Uh, but it's on it, it's on any uh podcast platform. Okay. Uh any audio based platform. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, tonight we're gonna do something different. We're gonna do kind of a kind of a crossover episode because what we're going to do is we're going to follow your format from here on out. We're going to talk to you guys Ooh. about TV. Is that right? Yes. Yes. All right. Well, why yes. don't we just let you take it from here? What are we talking about? Well, we're talking, well, first of all, do we want it, do we want it to feel like an authentic story tales episode? Like it, we want it to feel legitimate, like a real story tales episode. Your dad is clue, or your father-in-law is clueless on what that would be like. So just let you know. So yeah, I well, have can no I give idea you, what you're can talking. Can I give about. you a little? Because I did the intro for you guys, but I also do a little intro for ours. Can I give you a little taste of what that would be like? Sure, do it. Okay, here we go. You ready? Yeah. Hello and welcome to Story Tales, the podcast all about storytelling in its many forms. I am Marcus Hooper. I'm here with my wonderful wife Amy. Say hello. Hi. And I'm here with the two Daves, Dave Pugh and Dave Martin. Say hi, Daves. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I was one of first. Them say hi, Daves. <laughs> I, I thought one of really them say hi, Daves. Say hi, Daves. <laughs> well, I'm we're smarter than that. 
So yeah, we can I barely just, say hi. So that's good yeah. enough for us. <laughs> so yeah, we're talking about a TV show today, and we're talking about one that's, from what I understand, very special to you guys, and one that we really become good fans of. We had both heard about it before. I think you might have seen it more than me because mm. your dad watched it, but barely. We're going to be talking about Seinfeld. You guys like Seinfeld, right? I've never I do. seen I think, it. I think you've never seen it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I think I like it a little bit more than the other Dave. The other Dave isn't a real big fan of Seinfeld. I like gotcha. Seinfeld. Well, we'll see. Okay. We'll see. Yeah, and it's kind of a, it's not really a super popular show. I think it's kind of like, Hipster yeah. to know about. Yeah, I think it kind of flew under the radar. Yeah. Well, back in the nineties, it was very popular. I was making a joke. <laughs> oh, yo, I see. See, on story tales, what we like to do is like make jokes. We're <laughs> we like comedy. See, we're not used to that because we're very serious when we do our. I know. Yeah, yeah. I I've heard that that's the one big describer describer ah. oh, description descriptor description. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. The two names podcast. Serious. Very serious. It's that Very bouncy serious. little like, welcome to the two days. You guys are like, so we're here to talk about the climate crisis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know our tagline, don't you? At the end, what we're is the it? two days podcast? We don't get it. So yeah. that's, you know, that's how we are now. Yeah. Okay. Come on. Take us on this story. Yes. Okay. We're pulling up our little thingy. Yeah, well, right. the first thing we the first thing we, we typically do is we kind of give our general impressions. So we don't go too deep into it. We kind of just say whether we like it or not, and then kind of just generally talk about what okay. we do or don't like. And then later we move into more of a deep dive. So, okay, um, Dad, why don't we stop, start with you? Because you seem to be the biggest fan of it out of all of us. Why don't okay. you give us your, your general thoughts about the show? Well, I, okay, I, I do like the show for the most part. There are some things, it, it's not, it wasn't consistent, uh, consistently good like some other um, sitcoms. But uh, I, the reason why I like it is probably because it was more character driven than it was plot driven. As a matter of fact, they, they prided themselves in being a show about nothing. Now, actually, they weren't a show about nothing. Obviously, they had some yeah. very intricate uh, plots but I think the reason why uh, it seemed to be about nothing is because it truly was more character driven. It was about those four main characters and um, and the strengths that those actors brought to uh, the TV show. And they just kind of um, played off those strengths. And that's that's kind of why I liked it. It wasn't really plot driven. It was just it was character driven. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I would say because of that, it was almost more more specifically comedy driven because it was more driven by the characters in the writing yeah. it was more about the comedy because there wasn't much of a story to drive it yeah if that makes sense yeah 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 i'd agree with that and so you know uh, since then other shows have come along that have shown the hilarity in simple things uh, you know the office is is yeah. probably one of my favorite shows you know and that's oh, that yeah. really that really drove home uh, the hilarity in simple things. Well, I think it all kind of goes back to Seinfeld. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, when when you think about, you know, people always say that that's what makes good stand-up comedy, right? Is yeah, they take real-world observations because if they were making jokes about things that we'd never experience, it wouldn't be funny because we're like, I guess 
So, you know, that's why I think some comedians, as they get more and more famous, their material starts to be about being famous yeah. and they become a little less funny because they become less relatable. So because you're kind of like, I don't know what that's like. So <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it sounds funny, but I, I really don't know. But yeah, I'd agree. Um, how, Dave, Martin, why don't you give your general thoughts about it? Okay, well, I I have mixed reviews on on Seinfeld, but I will say this: coming being the old person, as well, I lived in the days back in the '90s where it wasn't hip to be politically correct. So I really enjoyed comedy. Yeah. I think the more politically correct people get, the less humorous the comedy is. Yeah. Uh, thus, SNL is terrible today. So anyway, that's <laughs> just my opinion. Here's what I, I, I liked. I, I thought uh, they were funny. They were likable characters. Uh, I liked the music. It was kind of, it was 80s, 90s, 90s type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, their humor was good. And they all seemed to, um, four different characters that really knew how to work together. And I thought yeah. that was unique. It was what a great I, ensemble. Yeah, what I yeah. struggle with is that all four of them were self-involved jerks. So that's what kind of makes yeah. it funny. Uh, <laughs> and yet at the same time, it's like, man, I don't want to be like them yeah. <laughs> at all. Uh, and I thought the ending was the stupidest ending ever. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was terrible. It was, it was awful. my all-time favorite ending is Bob Newhart, yeah. the Bob Newhart show. You got to watch that sometime. It's great. That's not, from not the, the Bob Newhart show, but Newhart. no, the Bob Newhart. Yeah, Newhart. Newhart. That's right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, Amy, what are your general thoughts about it? I liked it. I thought it was really funny. And, um, but yeah, like the characters are all terrible. Like they're not like, what a great person, you know, but it was kind of funny how awful they were. Yeah. Sometimes I was just like, shut up. <laughs> like my least favorite character is George Costanza. <laughs> I hate him with every fiber of my being. I can say that he's not a real person. Um, he was the worst. Um, I think my favorite of the four was Elaine though. <laughs> See, that's funny because Elaine was my least favorite. She got on my nerves the most. Like the, the, the soup Nazi episode, when that episode <laughs> ended and the audience was laughing and clapping, I was like, I don't know what they're laughing about. <laughs> she just ruined a small business like what's so funny <laughs> like you know I don't know why but like I know that that's kind of the point of the show is that it's terrible people doing terrible things but for some reason that one like got to it struck a nerve with me and I was like that's not funny that's just me <laughs> I just I just didn't enjoy it I was just like Ugh. so from and I think I also don't like the ending I don't think that's a a hot take I think a lot of people don't like the ending but you know, I've, I've asked myself why, like why the ending is so, you know, bad and so disliked. And I think it's because the show is self-aware that the characters are bad people. But part of the joke of the show is that there are no consequences. Like they don't learn anything because nothing bad happens to them. So I think when in the finale, suddenly, there are consequences and it's like all their consequences were being stored up for this one day. And now it all happens at once. I think people were like, well, this kind of goes against the people doing terrible things and they just always get away with it. And that's kind of the joke. 
because to, I've heard someone call it an anti-sitcom because they, they said that characters in pretty much any sitcom are terrible people, but they just aren't self-aware like Seinfeld is. Like the show isn't like, these are terrible people. But when you look at their actions throughout the show and you were like, if this happened in real life, they would be in prison or people would hate them, you know? Yeah. And like friends, I've, I've heard people use friends as an example. If you took their actions out of the context of a show and into the real world, people would hate them. They would be terrible people. But their friends, the show, doesn't think of them that way. You know, they're, in, you know, endearing. We love them, you know. And well, Seinfeld was one of the first of its kind where it was like, we know that they're terrible people. But part of the joke was just like in a regular sitcom, the consequences that should happen don't happen. Yeah. They happen you know, to the victims. They happen to the crimes. victims, but not to these people because that's what happens in a real sitcom. They do terrible things and then they're just like, I'm sorry. And then the, by the next episode, it's all reset. Yeah. But then at the well, end of the show, it's there are consequences all of a sudden and it's kind of like, wait, is this the real world or is this a sitcom world? Yeah. I think that's what Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David, I think that was their, uh, their thinking behind the finale was mm -hmm. that, you know, it's, these guys have gone through nine years of basically getting by with being the worst people on the planet earth. It's time for them to get their comeuppance, but the, the audience wasn't ready for them to get their comeuppance. Yeah. I like them being nasty. Yeah. 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 Well, I think yeah. that's yeah. why, that's why after all these years, they want a revival of the show because yeah. they want to erase the last episode. <laughs> and I think, it, I think something like that would work. I don't know. We live in a politically correct world now. So, you know, they'd have to change some things there, but I think it's different than friends in, in that sense. Um, yeah. You know, and so you look at, you know, on, on friends, I never watched friends when it was out. I never, I never did. Uh, I watched Seinfeld mo most of the time, but I never watched Friends really that much until it reruns. And then I'm watching it. And then before too long, I realized something just like I'm watching Seinfeld. It comes back to the same thing. I asked myself the question, why am I watching this? Because <laughs> it goes yeah. against every moral and value that I have in my life and I'm watching it. Yeah. So, you know, that's been yeah. my my thing with me so i'm not trying yeah. to be holier than everyone else that's not what i'm trying to do i'm just you know that's a reality that i have yeah, yeah. i think it's you know what i think it is because that happened to me and my parents growing up they they would tell us we're not allowed to watch something but then it would come on and we'd get all we'd all get sucked in like shouldn't watch this but it's a really good episode you know i think yeah. you know there are very worldly shows that are made very well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they suck you in because they're very well made. And you're like, wow. You know, I do. Have uh, to and tell I, you, I think I do have to tell you, I'm the, I'm the one guy who's not seen friends. Yeah. yeah. I knew that. Yeah. Well, I've, I've heard someone say, actually, that most people it's kind of funny 
most people either watched Seinfeld or Friends. There aren't a lot of people who watched both when they were both out, which I think is interesting. And I wanted to bring up, so Jerry Seinfeld thinks that Friends is a ripoff of Seinfeld. And I wanted to know if you guys had heard that or if you rooted that down. I know you haven't watched it. Dave, you said you've watched a little bit of it. I knew Friends first, but I was still too young for it. Like it ended 20 years ago. I was, yeah, 20 years ago. Yeah. So, um, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. In fact, in an interview, somebody somebody asked Jerry Seinfeld, um, like, what if Seinfeld came out today? What do you think it would be like? And he asked them, he said, did Friends still happen? And they said, yeah, Friends still happened. And he said, wow, they ripped it off and they hadn't even seen it yet. <laughs> <laughs> was that on was that on one of the late night talk shows? Maybe. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm yeah. not sure. I heard the anecdote set second hand, but yeah, yeah, I just think that's funny. Yeah, it yeah, is I funny. I didn't know if it you is. guys knew anything about or agreed with it. Maybe that Friends was a ripoff of Seinfeld. I don't think it is. I no. think it's just a sitcom staple. I think other other than like it's a comedy about young people in Manhattan. To me, that's as far as the comparisons young go. Young white complainers. <laughs> young white complainers. Yeah. Well, and yeah. then if you go go to back to like. When you're older, married, you'll enjoy the Everybody Loves Raymonds. Yes. That, that came out. And now that's what I really love. I You can take Seinfeld and Friends and, you know, flush it down the toilet. But to me, Everybody Loves Raymond. But the reality is Seinfeld set a tone to future sitcoms. So they they were they were totally different because if you look at all the sitcoms prior you're, you're talking about uh, All in the Family, which, you know, Archie Bunker. You're talking about, um, you know, Mary Tyler Moore's show. All, all of them had a purpose. They had a uh, um, some kind of plot for that, for that show. When Seinfeld came on, you're like, where are we going with this? Yeah. You know, you know which, was, which was kind of funny. I mean, there's some Seinfelds that I'll just... You know, I'll never forget. They were they're funny. Well, like, and you know. it wasn't, you know, I, most sitcoms have an A story and a B story. Seinfeld could have an A, B, C, and D story. Each all character at the same time. time yeah. And they would all somehow intertwine. And that's that's one reason why I like it, is just how, how the stories are intertwined. There was one, I don't remember what it was now, but like they were all on the subway or something and they had to go different directions. And yep. Elaine had to go to a wedding and she had the rings. And they were all late to something. And they all had their own subway adventures. Yeah. And it was very stressful. <laughs> yeah. I, I had some other general thoughts. Um, oh, and Dave, our, Dave kind of mentioned this, that it, at the time, it was unlike anything else that was on TV. Um, they weren't trapped on a set. You know, sitcoms were pretty, pretty much trapped to their set. You know, it's, uh, Home Improvement was a really popular sitcom at that time. As a matter of fact, they buried Seinfeld most of the years. Uh, Everybody Loves Raymond came along and, uh, the, you know, they have a set uh, and also the quick scene changes, just boom, boom, boom. You know, oftentimes you'd see just a few seconds on one scene and then switch to another thing. You know, that was that was unlike anything that was on TV. And then the unlikable characters just. Um, yeah, it just it was different. So that, those I, would, general thoughts. I would say there's one more thing. Many of the sitcoms prior had family theme. They were family themed. Yeah. Some type of families were involved. This, there was no family except, yeah. except George. 
George Georgian and his parents were on quite a bit, which was funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry and, had his and Jerry had his parents yeah. ever so often, but yeah. it wasn't about family. That's no. what I'm saying. It wasn't right. about family. Mm-hmm. The other ones that were always about, you know, family, family lessons. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. For yep. years, for years, that's the way it was. Yeah. Yep. And I guess kind of that's where the, it's a show about nothing might kind of stem from is it was probably one of the first shows on TV that was like, we don't have a moral for you. We're just hopefully going to make you laugh. And that's it. Like, we don't have anything for you to learn. You know, it's like, just you'll be entertained and then you'll go home. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, know that you think about, they didn't talk about spiritual things, really. No. But no. There, were, there are a few things that they did. And I don't know if you guys ever got those at all, but there are a few conversations that they had that were a spiritual nature. Huh. Mm-hmm. You clue us in. Well, I, I, I wrote these down because I thought maybe you might be going that way. I'm not for sure, Marcus, where you're going. So I don't want to interject. No, something just go that's, ahead. That's, it's, a, it's a free flow discussion. All right. It's about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's about nothing. <laughs> so here's Elaine and his and her boyfriend David, you know, Putty. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. Patrick Warburton Crump. Yep. Yep. So uh yeah. he's Elaine goes, so where do you want to eat? And uh David says, feels like an Arby's night. And Elaine says, Arby's, beef and cheese, and do you believe in God? And David Putty goes, Yes. And Elaine goes, Oh, so you're pretty religious. And David goes, That's right. Elaine said, so it's a problem that I'm not really religious. David says, not for me. And Elaine says, why not? And David says, I'm not the one going to hell. (laughs) I think I remember that. I remember that. And she was really bothered by the fact that he wasn't doing anything to keep her from going to hell. No, I have one more. I have one more if you want to hear this. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You want to hear it? Yeah. So George and Elaine are talking and Jerry's there too. George says, hey, so did you give that radio the old switcheroo? Now, there's a there's a, uh, a time where Elaine's uh, borrowing David's car, and every station is preset to a Christian rock station. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Okay, yeah. so this is towards the end of it, and George goes, hey, so did you give that radio the old switcheroo? Elaine said, I did. George said, and the Christian rock? Elaine resurrected and look what I pried off his bumper sticker, a Jesus fish. George goes, Jerry, do you hate, do you have any fish sticks? And Jerry said, no. So you're disappointed. He's a spiritual person. Elaine said, well, yeah, I got him because he seems so one dimensional. I feel misled. And George says, well, I think it's neat. You don't hear much about God anymore. And Jerry said, I hear things. (laughs) <laughs> you, you you don't you don't read that's kind of interesting to me yeah it is yeah one thing that like we, and we already talked about the, the writing but even you just reading that i was struck by how tight the script is mm-hmm. like how how tight the dialogue is and like even when you were reading it just like they'll say something they'll say no and then continue with their conversation like i'm just struck again by how how tight that writing is how how good and and engaging it is even you just reading a transcription of the show i was still like 
sucked into the dialogue. But Did it, Jerry have any fishnets? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I get what you're saying, Marcus, because I'm a big Ozzy and Harriet fan. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They were on for like 15 years. And uh, Ozzy and Harriet Nelson, Ricky Nelson, all of them, they were on in the 50s and the 60s. And when here's the conversation, the phone would ring and it would be one of the boys talking to the mom. Hello. And it, hello. How are you doing today? Well, what, what's going on? You didn't hear any other conversation. It was small talk like you and I would have on, on a sitcom. That's cool. Uh, yeah. And so it's, it's like, it's always like, how did you do today? How was your day? Did you have a good day at work? I mean, every time it was like, so being it, part of a it, family, it wasn't driving a plot either. So in other words, Seinfeld actually wasn't the first sitcom to do that. You have to go back to Ozzy and Harriet. Well, they did have <laughs> plots though. There was a storyline, but some so of the conversation, some of the dialogue wasn't yeah. driving it though. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It was, it was that, you know, and, and let's face it, sitcom back there in the 50s, is that's new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So Seinfeld yeah. comes on the scene in the, in the what, late 80s? Or is yeah. it 90s? Late 80s. Think, it's considered a 90s show, but I think it started right in the late 80s. 88 or 89. I thought the pilot was 89. It didn't come back on until 90 or 91. Oh, okay. Mm. but but yeah. what i'm saying is there's new territory right there again so you know yeah yeah and speaking of talking on the phone on sitcoms i don't know if this bothers you guys but it bothers me i think it bothers amy when anyone talks on the phone on on tv this happens more in older shows but they'll talk too fast they won't leave enough space for the other person they'll go Hello, the drugstore. I think I can make it. What time? Yeah. No, that's too late. Okay, I'll be there. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You got to act like they're saying something. You can't yeah. just rush through all your lines. You bust right. me. I'm like, where's the director? Who's, yeah. who's letting them do this? That's the best thing right. you got. Yeah. You know that yeah, in, that's sit in a sitcom, they're very time conscious, you know? Mm. Um, that's, that's what true. I was just listening to a podcast today on The Office, and they were talking about the 27 seconds of silence on the booze cruise episode i'm sorry i know we're, we're not we're supposed to be talking about seinfeld but 27 <laughs> seconds of silence in the one episode the booze cruise episode and that's never ever done but the uh, showrunner was so conscious of how important that 27 seconds of silence was mm. that he fought for it and left it in and yeah it's good stuff but. in the jim and pam scene right out on the deck yes mm -hmm. uh, it's so awkward <laughs> Yeah. But like awkward in the best way. It's like Jim, say something. You're they, and they then they but yeah. so you can understand. I mean, I I've done plays before where I have to talk on the phone, and yeah. that is that is awkward when you yeah. say something and then you have to wait for their response. And I I always imagine that the person is actually saying those things, exactly. but in the meantime, there's dead air, and so on on the stage that can be awkward. But especially in I imagine a sitcom where 22 minutes, man, you got 22 minutes to get everything in there. It's that's probably, uh, yeah, they're probably, that's probably why they rush it. <laughs> what you should do on the stage is actually make the sound. So like pick up the phone and go, hello? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I didn't hear about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a drama. Yeah, in a drama. That's good, yeah, except the, the particular play that I was in, it was a drama, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What you, show? What? 
What it, show was it? I believe it was The Owl and the Pussycat. I don't know what that is. Sorry, I'm imagining <laughs> like you pick up the phone and you're like, hello? Is that true? Is that true? Your son is dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, in the old in the old shows, there were 25 minutes an episode. 25. Because of commercials, now they're 22. We had yeah. to cram them in. The- yeah. Some, well, they, you know what they've started doing to some reruns? They've started playing them at like, at like 1.2 speed. So it's faster, but not like so fast that they sound like chipmunks. Huh. But some of these reruns, I've seen them on TV and I've watched them on streaming. So I know them well enough that I'm like, it sounds weird. It sounds too fast. They did it so they could fit in more commercials. So they're playing it faster. I when I first started watching Friends, I wasn't streaming it. It was really before streaming was super popular. It was in high school, middle school, maybe. But I would watch it on like TBS after school. And then it, it would come on at Nick at night. And it would be like, oh, they sound weird. And dad, I think I asked you, like, they sound weird. You're like, eh, maybe it's a little tinny. I didn't know why they were doing it. But it's probably so they could cram in more commercials. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Hey, by mm-hmm. the way, the pilot of Seinfeld did air on July 5, 1989. The next episode did not air until May 31, 1990, almost a year later. So, Wow. Yeah. That's a big gap. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about things we don't like. Is there anything that we don't like about the show? I don't like any of the first season. Um, I didn't think it was funny. I'm not sure how it survived its first season uh, <laughs> because it just wasn't funny. You go back and you watch that and you go, what what's going on here it's not funny at all um and i know a lot of a lot of shows have to survive the first few episodes because they're trying the writers the actors the producers everybody's trying to find their way but it, the first season is just unwatchable and uh there are some other episodes that are just a little too fantastic for me i think sometimes they made kramer a little too weird and i wasn't uh, a fan of kramer all the time yeah yeah um, and then, the, uh, then we already said the finale. I couldn't yeah. say the finale. Yeah, yeah. The first season was rough. Uh, we even almost stopped watching it, the show, because we were like, "Oh, this is no good." But then I think you might have told us to stick it out through the yeah. first season because it it got better, and it did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it did get much better. I will say, I did kind of find eventually. I did find a little bit of charm, even in the first season. Um, and I, I even told Amy what I started to like about it was that I felt like we were peeking into the lives of people living in Manhattan, you know, like it felt so, it felt more real, but because of that, it was a little boring. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I, and I think I was, um, acclimating to that style a little bit because I was expecting more like wacky zany comedy. And in the first season, there isn't a whole lot of that. It's a, it's a lot more like we're just some people living in New York. We say some funny things, but mostly we're just kind of witty people who live in Manhattan. And I eventually found some charm in that because it was so real. I was like, I really do feel like I'm living in New York with these people because I'm peeking into their lives. But then eventually it got funnier and funnier, and I enjoyed it a lot more after that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Dave, what about you? Um, so, you know, I, I don't want to be Debbie Downer on all this stuff, but, (laughs) but, you know, I'm, I'm coming from, um, 
a point where I just, if I don't watch it, I become callous to what's going on in an episode and it's about stuff yeah. that I don't agree with. So I, I would, I, there's some episodes I've never watched because it was going down an area I didn't want to yeah. go to. Um, and so that's just, that's just me. If you know me, that's just how, how I am and stuff. Um, sometimes I like watching certain shows that are controversial just because I want to see how, what their take is. It kind of helps me get a better culture point of view type of thing. That's but yeah, they're, char they're characters. Okay. Here's, here's something. If you like most sitcoms, characters develop. Yeah. Am I correct? Yeah. 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 These characters never develop. Yeah. Right. It just get worse. On purpose. Like that was, On, they were, yeah. So if you didn't like that type of humor, I don't think you were a Seinfeld fan. Right. And, and the other thing was um, the, the last episode, I, here's the thing, what drives me crazy with TV and stuff. Shows that I get into that I like, they usually cancel and there's never an ending and yeah. there's no closure to the show. And I just, I can't stand it. Now, yeah. one of my favorites ever is mash. I like mash. Okay. I know we're talking Seinfeld, but mash gave me a two hour ending with Ooh. closure. Yeah. Mm. It was a whole I movie. walked away. I walked away from that. Even today I watch it and I cry. Yeah, I have. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love it. Uh, and, and so I look at that and I go, that, that, that was good. Seinfeld again, the, the, there was no closure to that. Not, not that there had to be, but I mean, I'm like, I invested some time into this and it just, it just didn't uh, do what it needed to do. And um, again, it, it drove me up a wall at times that, um, George was the way he was all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He is my least favorite character. I like the dad better. I like Jerry <laughs> way better. You know, I like yeah. way better uh, than than George himself. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Elaine was funny. She had some funny. There's funny quirks about them all. I mean, the George that I liked is when he worked for Steinbrenner. That's the George I like. I like him <laughs> sleeping under the desk. I thought that was hysterical, you know, uh, but, but he just drove me up a wall. I like Kramer. And uh, are you going to get into any of the favorite episodes at all or not tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Cause so that's all I have to say about that. Okay. Yeah. I, I think we're all kind of saying the similar things about all of it, which I think is a, you know, is a, a testament to the show that it's kind of, it's not very like, I, I don't feel like there's a lot of different opinions about Seinfeld. Most people kind of feel the same way about certain things, if that makes sense. And not every show can pull that off. Most people would be like, would be all over the place with opinions, but it seems like most people are like, it's really funny. Finale's terrible. <laughs> yeah. but well, did funny. you know, did you hear what uh, you know, Julia Louis-Dreyfus appeared on David Letterman's last show? Mm. And they did their top, the top 10 they did was top 10 things I want to say to Dave. Julia mm. Louis-Dreyfus was number four. She said, thanks for letting me take part in another hugely disappointing series finale. <laughs> <laughs> I played that after we finished it. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. funny. 
That um, is. So now at this point, we talk about performances, um, which is a big thing to talk about because I think if the performances didn't work, the show wouldn't work. Even if the writing was really good, uh, it would carry a lot of weight. And it, I think it does carry a lot with one specific person, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, the writing alone wouldn't have carried it if the performances weren't good. I mean, would you guys agree with that? Yeah. 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 So I the, the, the one person I was talking about was Jerry himself. Now, he's good, obviously, but I think he's the weakest performer out of all of them. There are lots of, as far as acting, yeah, I there are agree. lots of times where I'm like, and I think they make jokes about that in the show. Like when they do their pilot. Yeah. It's like, I can't act. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, he was very, very, I think he was conscious of that. Yeah. yeah. Because he wasn't really an actor. He was a comedian. Yeah. And so it's a weird, it's different. But it does, like, he does enough, like, because he's a funny guy, obviously. He was a comedian. So he does enough. He hits the beats well enough that it, it still works. Mm -hmm. It's not terrible by any stretch, but he's definitely, I'd say, the weakest out of the ensemble. But they all had such a good relationship. Like, it looked like they were all genuinely having a lot of fun. And yeah. So I think it made up for because they could play off each other. Which, from what I hear, they did, right? I mean, Dad, you probably know a little bit more about that, but it seems like they all actually got along behind the, behind the scenes. Yeah, had real good chemistry, yeah. 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 Um, in fact, we watched Seinfeld bloopers, and it was so funny because, you know, they break character, and they did look like they were having fun, and it didn't feel like it when they would mess something up, it didn't feel like someone was like, annoyed with them where they'd be like yeah. oh you know it just yeah. felt like they were friends doing something not friends yeah don't tell Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> I said that it, it felt like they were pals yeah. uh, just doing something they enjoyed together which is usually when you get the best chemistry and I'd say well, even the show Friends kind of accomplished that yeah. too well it, and that's probably why because the chemistry between them is probably why most of the time anytime they have tried to do anything on their own since then it's failed other than julia louis dreyfus now is in veep that's about the first successful thing that any one of the four has done since they've left seinfeld yeah is veep still on? what is veep still on i don't know i've never seen that one either but me neither i thought it only did a couple seasons <laughs> i don't know well, I don't she's know. in the mcu now yeah she's in marvel stuff now oh okay. yeah that that's when you know you've really made it. <laughs> you made it in Marvel. <laughs> okay. You made it in Marvel. Even people who, who have been working in the industries for decades and they have like been knighted by the Queen of England, they haven't made it until they're in an MCU movie. <laughs> uh -huh. <Okay>. <laughs> Let <laughs> me say something. You talk about chemistry years on. Have you guys ever seen Seinfeld's uh, Comedians in Cars Having Coffee? I've seen a few episodes. I have not. Did you see the one with uh, 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 who's Kramer? What's yeah, his name? Michael Richards. Michael Richards. You ever seen that one? I haven't. So, you know, Michael Richards had a uh, racist tyrant and all this kind of stuff and yeah. lost mm -hmm. everything. And all these years, um, Seinfeld, that's the reason why I watched that episode, Seinfeld picked him up and they went out for coffee. And it was such a raw conversation. And the one thing that Kramer, or what's his name? Michael Richards. Michael Richards, okay. 
I'll call him Kramer. Okay. So the one thing thing that he, he said several times was Jerry, very few people, uh, stood, stood by me during that time, but you're one of the few. And, um, he, he said, I, I hope that you can heal from this. He still couldn't forgive himself and all these things, you know, after all those, because the cancel culture is terrible. And, you know, he did some things, said some things that were bad. But uh, I just, I find that interesting because I think the chemistry was so good on set, but I think it was so much better offset. Yeah, mm. carried over. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get that sense. Like, even just from watching the show, I think you can get that sense. That, yeah. that they were, they seemed like they were all close. Yeah. 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 Um, so let's talk about, since we talked about him, let's go ahead and move on to his, specifically his performance as Kramer. Now, I think as far as, far as a performance goes, I think his performance in, the, in that show is probably the most iconic, wouldn't you say? Oh, like yeah. not, not the most iconic character maybe, but definitely if you're thinking performance, his performance, I would say, is probably the most iconic as Kramer. He made a choice. <laughs> he made a choice for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. he was he was Kramer. Yeah. yeah. And and you can tell you could tell in later uh, seasons when he'd make an entrance, and it didn't matter if it was his first entrance or his fifth entrance, the audience would cheer. Yeah. Um, that was their favorite character, you know. For yeah. Yeah. Which I do not definitely. get. I'm yeah, not I don't a fan of overacting. So <laughs> yeah, you guys don't like Jim Carrey. First, stop <laughs> broadcasting that. We're gonna get like taken off the air or the internet. People stone us. You're allowed to have your opinions. I want to. Oh. <laughs> uh, dang it! What was I saying? Oh yeah, every time he like burst through the door and it like hit the wall and came back and everyone was like, ah! I'm like, just like walk in. <laughs> but yeah, well, I'm not a fan of overacting and being super. Well, and- I think he was he was really fed by the audience reaction and he did it more as the time went yeah. on. You know, yeah. yeah. For sure. Okay. And when I can see that, that's how over actors become over actors. Yeah. Like the more they do, the better response they get. So they keep going. But it reminds me of a child <laughs> acting out for attention. And I just that's why I don't like Jim Carrey. Uh, like if I think about I know that's not about Seinfeld, but when I think about why don't I like his acting, or like his his comedic acting. It's because I think of a child trying to get an adult's attention by doing the dumbest thing they can think of. <laughs> and I, it just doesn't work for me. And okay. I, I even told her, I told her, I think I know where that comes from because, you know, he, he really blew up when he did Ace Ventura. And Ace Ventura, that character was childish. Like that's, a, that's part of that character. He was childish, he was immature, and he was over the top. And then I think, he blew up after that and people were like, yeah, yeah, do that again. Yeah. And I've even heard him say that he got really tired of that. Like he was like, okay, uh, I'm exhausted, you know, because he's just yeah. doing that over. That's kind of why he moved to more dramatic stuff. Cause he was like, I don't want to do the same, the same shtick all the time. And so I think he kind of got pigeonholed and he was good at it, but he was like, I don't want to just do this, <laughs> but yeah. I see what you're saying. I see where that's coming from. Dave, what were you going to say? Well, I'm just, you know, I like it. I the stupider it is, the funnier it is to me. So <laughs> that's why Dave uh, likes me. Yeah. <laughs> if I have to go in, I, I'm just gonna tell you my you know, all of our lives are complicated, but with me, my humor 
is where I don't have to think a lot. I just like, I just like, okay, so I'm going to mention a movie, my favorite, one of my favorite um, comedy movies. And you tell me if I like Kramer or not. Okay. okay. If I like this. Okay. One of my favorite, favorite comedy movies is Nacho Libre with Jack I knew you were going to say that. Because <laughs> I listen to the podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you watch Jack Black being Nacho Libre, he's over, he's overreacting to everything. I loved it. I, if he would not have, it wouldn't have made, it would not have made his character. That movie would have been terrible. People say, well, that movie's terrible anyway. No, no. It's one of the best movies. I quote that all the time. The only part that was funny when he went, uh, he was like, get that corn out of my face. I thought that was funny. And then the rest of it, I was like, Oh, no, there's a lot of good things there. But but oh. now, if Kramer would have been, if he had toned it down, I think the show would have flopped after. Because uh, I think it wasn't Seinfeld that drove it. It wasn't George that drove it. It wasn't Elaine. It was Kramer. That's just that my really. that's just my feeling. And if Kramer wouldn't have overreacted and done what he done, I don't I don't think that show would have made it. Well, like I said, he was he was definitely an audience favorite. You know, there's yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah. I can see it's, yeah. it's kind of funny. I thought there's a well balance there. I mean, George had no humor at all. <laughs> but I thought he was I thought his he had some of the funniest stuff. Oh yeah. Just simply yeah. because he was so despicable. <laughs> right. Right. And apparently he, he claims that he was doing a version of Larry David, yeah, the creator of the show. Which makes me think like Larry David must be a terrible person. Be a terrible person. I would say so. <laughs> I would say so. Yeah. But it's, let's talk about him now. Let's talk about, um, what's the actor's name? Jason George. Alexander. Yeah. Jason yep. Alexander. Yes. Um, I think the performance is kind of under, underrated because um, it's not as obvious as like Kramer. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But when you look at him do other things, he's clearly nothing like George, right. you know? Right. So then when you look at it in that context, you're like, that's a great performance. But I think it goes kind of like, it goes underneath, as far as a performance, it goes underneath Kramer so much that he doesn't really get as much praise as he should. But I mean, you know, like you said, Dad, his, a lot of his stuff is, is some of the best stuff. Yeah. As far as comedy and uh, his performance is really, really good. Yeah. And I think you can tell that he's a, I think he came from theater. Yeah. Um, and which he still does. And I think you can tell, I feel like I could see it. I could see the theater in him. Hmm. And that's what, that's another thing about Seinfeld. Sometimes I felt like I was watching a play because of the way the dialogue was, how tight it was. Mm-hmm. And because like of the performances. That. I like that about studio recorded, like, sitcoms with live studios like Seinfeld and Friends and Cheers and Frasier I like when there's a live audience because it does feel like a play oh everybody loves Raymond they're blocking it out like a play they're facing the audience and you can see that you can see if you have a theater background which I know you do you two both do you can see the blocking you know you watch everybody loves Raymond and you see one character moving out of the way for another character coming in and you go yeah that's all that's all Prearranged, that's blocking. Yep. Oh yeah. And they're always cheating out. They don't 
They don't yep. turn their back on the audience unless they're supposed to for a gag or something. And I love that. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So that like three that camera that. type of a sitcom. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'll say like even more than Friends, I get more of the live theater feel from Seinfeld. But like I said, I think it's because of the way it's written. Because a lot of good plays are really tightly written. You know, like the, the dialogue is really tight. And since Seinfeld is like that, and, you know, the writing in Friends isn't bad, obviously. I mean, or else it wouldn't have been so good. But Seinfeld's writing is just so like... It's different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it feels more theater to me yeah. because of that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Did you hear um, this laugh track I played? No. no, I just played the laugh track. I thought it helped what was being said. We didn't hear oh. it. You didn't hear it? No. Hear it. Oh, sorry. Oh, well. <laughs> we'll put it in in post. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, heard, I heard crickets. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> wait we'll, uh, we'll just do the laugh track real quick, and then we'll put that in post. Yeah, right okay. We're going to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll just put that over there and post. Yeah, wow. yeah. yeah. Like perfect. <laughs> yeah, we'll just stack it. It'll sound really good. So on, one of the things we talk about next is the music. And at first, I was like, well, I don't know if this really applies. Could we talk about that when we talk about movies? Like we talk about the, the score. Or like the songs if it's a musical. Yeah. Now we did this, a Lion King episode. We did. We did. Um, if this was Friends, I'd say there's nothing really to talk about. But I do think the music is worth noting in Seinfeld. Uh, I mean, the bass line is iconic. Yeah. Um, it's like the first... It was different. Every I think it was like the first sitcom that didn't have a hummable theme. Because mm -hmm. yeah. it's different. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the only thing you can do is go... Bow, 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 bow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's about the only thing that's the same. But I actually thought it was really cool. I, I only found this out recently that it was actually different for every episode. Like the, the musician would re-record it every time. Really? Because he wanted it to match up with Jerry's um, stand-up stand at the beginning. Uh -huh. So he would, he would make it louder when the audience was laughing and then he'd kind of die down when Jerry was talking. Huh. And then he'd like make it louder when the audience was laughing. And he's like playing it on a keyboard, right? It was bass sounds recorded on either a oh, keyboard really? oh, I thought button pad. That's right, yeah. And he I wasn't think that's playing a live bass. He, it was... He was like pushing buttons to match it up. But we saw a video about that where he was talking about it, I think. Maybe. Yeah. But I noticed that it's not the same. It's I mean, the idea is the same. The basic melody is the same, but it's never arranged the same way. The closing tune is probably the same every episode. Yeah, I think the credits is the same. Oh, okay. But but yeah, I mean, I at first I thought there's nothing to talk about, but it's a it's a pretty iconic. A, a little ditty. I don't even want to call it a theme song because is it really a theme song? I don't even know if you could call it a theme song. Theme vibe. Well, you youngsters don't know this, but Harold uh, Walt, uh, Harold, uh, oh, I just forgot oh, his name. I know what you're talking I know who you're talking about. Uh, Do you know it? Walt, <laughs> Walter Meyer or Harold Meyer or uh, whatever. Anyway, he wrote the theme for Fletch and Beverly Hills he Cop. He wrote Beverly Hills Cop. He did things in Top Gun. He's iconic when it comes to the uh, movies of the 80s and a little carryover into the 90s. Seinfeld theme is a carryover from that type of music. So it is all recorded on, on a 
two, there's two different types of pianos, synthesizers, whatever back then from the eighties. So, you know, it's really unique. So mm -hmm. it, it's interesting that, um, it's like, uh, uh, somebody was playing the bass, they'd play a bass note and he'd record it. And then there'd be another bass note recorded. And then you play the, you play that. So that's why when he's, every time he's playing something different, like when Jerry says something, then he goes into that, that type of thing. It's all there. Um, mm -hmm. it, people think it's probably an orchestra doing it, but it's just him that's, that's doing that, which is kind of interesting. It's, by the it's way, back in, yeah. his name is Harold Faltermeyer. Faltermeyer, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, but but you think about music today and sitcoms today. For for instance, Frasier is very unique because mm -hmm. uh, first of all, not only was the opening you didn't know if a if a, a blimp was going to fly over the opening scene, you didn't know if a, if the monorail was you know whatever there, there yeah. was in there. And the music was interesting because it was it was himself. He was he was singing it. Um, why can't I think of his name? Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer. Grammer. Yeah, Kelsey Grammer sing, singing it. Nowadays, I if I'm not mistaken, I don't hardly watch any sitcoms today. I don't find any of them very funny anymore. But I don't know how complicated the opening theme is because I think of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not the like what it used to be. The Good Place was like seven seconds. Yeah. It was just this little tune. And, but it's perfect for the show. Yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is probably 30 seconds. That show's over now too. Yeah. I, yeah. I'd say it's a, it's a big toss up between a really short one and a decently sized one. Mm -hmm. But I will say, I, especially in the day of streaming, if I'm binging a show, I get sick of the theme song if it's really long. Like, I'll oh. tell you, I skip the Office theme song almost every time. Skip it, once, once I get into it. I'm going to bring that up to our counselor. Once I get into it, because it's the same all throughout the, until Michael leaves. And so then I'm like, mm, skip, you know. It's humble. I don't like the skip theme song. It's the only one. So on some shows on Hulu, it'll be like skip intro, like on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I don't skip it on Brooklyn Nine-Nine because I whistle along to it. But it wouldn't for Cheers. And Cheers has a 60-second theme song. That's a long theme song. And it's making you in the world today. And it's like this. It's a full-length song. Did you know, did you know that Dave was on that sitcom? Dave, you were on Cheers? Yeah. Norm. No, I was Norm. No. <laughs> wow, you really lost a lot of weight. That's That's impressive. <laughs> yes. Norm. <laughs> I used to be called that in youth ministry, so that was funny. Yeah. He, he you'd walk in the snack shop at camp and we'd all go, Norm. Yeah. Go, hey. Really? <laughs> That's funny. Yep. I I actually kind of she she watched all of Cheers. I stopped after like the first few episodes. First season we watched the full first season together. Yeah. And then we tried to watch the second season. We were like, eh, you know what? But then I really wanted to watch it because we'd watched Frasier a couple times. And when we first started Frasier, I didn't know it was a spinoff. Yeah. So then and we, we love Frasier. We love Frasier. Yeah. But a few weeks ago, you guys had an episode on where you're doing catchphrases. And Dave, you were like, I'm listening. And I went, Frasier, Frasier, Frasier in my car. And then my dad said, I know Amy's listening to this right now going, Frasier, Frasier, Frasier. <laughs> and then that made me laugh because I had been doing that. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. 
on USA. <laughs> well, yeah. You know what? To me, Frazier is 10 times better than Seinfeld or 100 times better. I That's just my personal feeling, you know, because the arrogance. Now, let's face it. There's a lot of commonality there. Yeah. There's yeah. some commonality there. But but Frazier and, and Niles are just they're as arrogant as can be. But they're yeah. stupid yeah. arrogant, you know, yeah. especially writing your own Frazier. theme song. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Frazier is the most hateable. But when we talk about like. Dave, I don't know if you know much about the Enneagram or what your Enneagram type is, but I'm an Enneagram type four, which is the individualist. And so there's not a lot of type fours in sitcoms. And I'm like, I want, but we think Frazier might be a type four. And that made me furious. I'm like, I hate Frazier. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what, what I am. So I'll send you the quiz. <laughs> okay. All right. Sounds so good. now we're at the we're at the end now of um oh we didn't talk about Julia Louis Dreyfus. No, we, we kind of did. But uh yeah, I think she's good. Yeah. yeah. She was good. I hate to shirk her, her performance, but it was <laughs> the it was one good. woman on the show. We're like, she was fine, she was fine. Anyway. Great uh, dancer. Great dancer. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> fantastic dancer. Yeah, that's a standout. Shutting down small businesses. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. That's funny. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it was. It's so funny. It seems like one particular character really got on our nerves the most, and it. I don't know if we all shared that same person. Like, I don't know. Like you said, it was George. George. Dave and I are both George. We both, George. Well, we both hate George. We are George. Yeah. We're yeah. Seinfeld character. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it was it was uh, her Elaine, or it was Elaine. Dad, was there a character that like really got on your nerves the most? Yeah, George. It was George. Yeah, seems like it wasn't George for me. It was but, Elaine. But, I think maybe it was George Elaine. Elaine seemed real enough that that's why I was getting mad. Like her, the things she would do to people, I was like, I could believe that someone would do that. So therefore, I'm furious that she has done that. Whereas like George does something that's terrible, but I'm like, it's kind of like not realistic. So it's, it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. But Elaine would like like when she shut down that business. I was like, I would believe someone would do that. And I'm so mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that episode made me crave soup, though. I yeah. want to try that. Yes. I want to try that guy's soup. Crab soup. Or that, is, soup. that is one of my favorite episodes. I love the soup Nazi. And I think it's because I just like drooling over the soups. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no soup for you. I bet there's a, someone has probably come up with what their idea of what the soups would be. Like, there are different shows will have like unofficial cookbooks. I have an unofficial Harry Potter cookbook. I have a great soup recipe of that one, actually. Onion soup. Yeah, French onion soup. Yeah. There's an unofficial New Girl cookbook. I love New Girl. <laughs> there's, there's people will make uh, recipes of the burgers on Bob's Burgers, and we've made one of the burgers, top notch. So I'm sure somebody has made his soups. Probably. You know. Yeah. We'll Google it. Well, so the original Soup Man. Is a chain of soup restaurants originally run by Ali, uh, modeled after uh, Soup Kitchen International, that was well known as a soup restaurant uh, in downtown New York. So they based that off of that. Huh. Wow. I don't know if you, yeah. We should go try that next time we're there. Yeah. Oh, we're always summering in New York. We're always there. We have a we have a penthouse apartment that we like to go to. Oh. Central Manhattan. I have one in the Hamptons. You'll have Ham Hamptons. You'll have to come over sometime. Yeah. Yes. We'll yes. We'll have to summer together. 
<laughs> so we're now at the end of a kind of like our, our outline for our episodes where we just kind of give our final thoughts. I want to ask everybody's favorite episode and least favorite episode, but let's exclude the finale. That's everybody's least yeah, favorite. Yeah, it doesn't count. So um, let's start with Dave Martin. Yes. My favorite episode is the Merv Griffin episode. <laughs> and it's it's funny because he finds the them throwing away the Merv Griffin set. He sets it up in his room. Do you remember this one? Yes. And yes, yeah. uh, like and, the uh at the oh. same yeah, at the same time, uh Jerry's dating a lady who has this incredible toy collection from yes. the past. And uh he wants he wants to play with it, but she won't, you know, no, these just are on the shelf. Don't play with them, nothing like that. Yeah. So he, you know, I don't know. I'm just gonna say he uses sleeping pills to get her to go to uh, sleep while she's sleeping. He's playing with the toys. Well, he confesses that on the Merv Griffin on Kramer's show, which is kind of funny. And before long, George is over there playing with the toys and she's sleeping <laughs> and the Elaine's over there and they're sleeping. It's just, it's funny. And then they're going in and every time they come into Kramer's place, Kramer acts like he's Merv Griffin, you know, it's hysterical. Yeah. So that's, that's probably one of my, um, that's probably my favorite. And, um, I, I can't answer the, the least favorite. I, I, I have, I think there's a lot of them that I just didn't care for. Yeah. 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 Dad, what about you? You have a favorite, least favorite? Well, my, my favorite, I have four favorites. I have the soup Nazi, uh, the outing. I, 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 you know, not that there's anything wrong with that. I thought that was oh. hilarious. <laughs> Uh, the the uh, the uh, marine biologist because that's of a it. good one, and the Chinese restaurant. I love the. Uh, that's those. a good one. That's a my, good one. That one's frustrating too. Yeah. My yeah. Least, my least favorite. I'm going to exclude the first couple of seasons because, you know, I've already said that none of them are any good. But I'm going to include my least favorite as being one of the most popular episodes, and that would be the contest because uh, it's just the hugely inappropriate subject matter. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's my least favorite too actually but i thought it was called the bet until right now so but yeah the content that's my least favorite i'm going to admit right now that that's my favorite episode I know. Oh, no. <laughs> he loved the part i kramer love was. i love when kramer comes in and goes i'm out he walked out the door came right back with money it was like i'm out yeah. <laughs> it's like, so hard Oh, and he was oh able, man! What do you mean you're out? <laughs> yeah, that's my least favorite too. I'm pretty sure it gave me a nightmare. So, I <laughs> did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite though, I don't know if I remember my favorite. I just like I like the one where they were eating this frozen yogurt and everyone was saying it was low fat or fat free, oh, yeah. but they were no, like we're gaining weight. so much weight, so they have, they investigated it. But I also remember we were either taking down or putting up our Christmas tree when we were watching that. One. Yeah. I think putting it up, but so that's why I remember that one. I think but, uh, I know there's some like there's good ones. <laughs> I know you posed the question. You didn't even have it ready. I know. <laughs> oh, well, but anyway, my least favorite is the contest. Okay. <laughs> well, I did like the one where Kramer gets a hot tub in his apartment, like oh, yeah. in his oh, apartment, yeah. and then he falls asleep in it. Yeah. He's so cold. 
But also Jerry or Elaine is in charge of getting this runner to the marathon. Uh-huh. And then Jerry's like, no, you know, I'll wake him up. And Elaine's like, I'll wake him up. And Kramer's like, I'll wake him up. And it's a nightmare. And then he oversleeps. And then Kramer is so cold. He's like, holds out his tea or something at the race. And the runner grabs it and spills it because he thinks it's a cup of water and spills hot tea, like scalding tea all over himself at the end of the episode. That was a little funny one. <laughs> the the garbage disposal in the shower in the bath is funny too yeah. yes that's gross i hate that one yeah <laughs> because it is gross it is it is what's your least favorite my least favorite i don't have a specific one it's probably one of the ones from season one because i almost stopped watching the show and not because it, it wasn't even bad it was just kind of boring you know like i was just kind of like hmm but then eventually, like I said, I found the charm in it. And then after season one, it got funnier. So it was more interesting. So, yeah, it was probably my least favorite was probably season one. <laughs> that was my least favorite. Uh, so now we just kind of uh, talk about our overall thoughts about the show again in conclusion. Um, so I'll start. Uh, I, I, it's an iconic show. And I think for a reason, you know, I definitely don't think it's overrated because there are a lot of shows that especially that around my childhood that I didn't watch that people are like, it's amazing. And I've watched them since I've been an adult and I've been like, they're okay. You know, like they're not as good as people say, but I think Seinfeld is good. You know, I think it's definitely uh, worthy of the hype. I think uh, Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David are very talented comedians. And I think they struck gold with this one. And uh, I do think it's, ironic that um a lot of the cast wasn't able to really find huge success again and i think like you said dad i think it's because those people working together on that project is what made it so good and i think if it had been any other cast members if it had been any other showrunner you know um because even after larry david's stopped showrunning it did kind of dip for me a little not a lot but I did notice the quality of the writing kind of dip a little bit. Um, but I think it was kind of lightning in a bottle. And I think it's a it's it's also kind of a time capsule of the 90s in a way. And I think it's really good. It's a it's a classic. It's a classic show. Yeah. Well, Amy, that's, that's my thoughts on it too. I, you said lightning in a bottle. I think it's just one of those things that you couldn't make it today. You couldn't have made it before. But it is, it's, it's, uh, it's a part of the 90s, and yeah, and that's yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my thought is, um, I'm gonna make this a musical analogy here. You, there's certain groups that, uh, like the Bee Gees, you know who the Bee Gees are, you hear yeah. them, More than like the Bee Gees, you're gonna find there's lovers of them and there's haters of them. And yet, when you look back, you look at there was something different and they did something, you know, I guess special in their time. Uh, you, you might not like them individually. The BGs probably were terrible by themselves, but together there was nothing like them. And, you know, they had to be together. Uh, I think you look at that and you go, people are either going to love or hate Seinfeld. I think I hear that today uh, more and more. 
but uh, there was something unique about it. And um, it was a time where, you know, I think the other thing that we don't think about is it was a time where we needed to laugh. Um, and that's why I don't know if there'll ever be another time like that uh, happen because of the way the world is and our culture is today. But you turned on the TV to watch it because you want, you were ready to laugh. You weren't going to hear a political thing. You weren't going to, uh, you know, any of that kind of stuff. It was just for the sake of, of, of laughing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like shows like that where, cause like, I, I, this is my third time I'm going to mention Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I just watched through it again, <laughs> but when it started, it was just more like a silly sitcom, but then they would start to tackle some kind of more serious issues, which I get like, it's important to the character, to the actors and to the creators. But the first episode of the last season was like the last season just happened this year. So they had taken off a year during the pandemic. And then the first episode was talking about COVID and about like, um, they never said the phrase Black Lives Matter, but they were talking, it's a, it's a cop show. So they were talking about the controversy with police and especially like Black police and the the conflict they were up against but there was one character who is very performative about supporting black lives and one of the black characters was like it felt like an after school special because he's like just you know make it if you want to make a donation do it anonymously not everyone needs to know what you're doing and I it just felt very I love that show and I'm glad they stand up for what they believe in but that episode especially felt like an after school special it was yeah. real hard to watch and <laughs> if there's anything that you cannot use to describe Seinfeld it's after school special is <laughs> <laughs> that I they might be the antithesis of an after school yeah. special it's after school detention is what it is yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean Seinfeld really did change TV, you know, and it's kind of sometimes it's hard to remember that because especially for people like me and Amy, because we were born after they had already changed TV, you know, so TV was just that's the way it was when we were born. So it's interesting to look back and see that Seinfeld really reinvented what a sitcom could be and what TV could be. And I, I think that's really cool, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Did, I you, loved it. did you give your general thoughts? I did not. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I loved it. And we did watch it at a time where we needed to laugh because we were, the time when we watched it most, Marcus had COVID. Mm-hmm. So we were stuck at home together across the living room wearing our masks, <laughs> missing each other. Yeah. <laughs> like not yeah. holding hands. Because our, our love language is both, it's physical touch. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, we ha- our arms have not stopped touching the whole time we recorded. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. It's driving me crazy. Yeah. I know. <laughs> But it's like when Marcus had COVID, that was a nightmare. <laughs> but we were watching Seinfeld. We needed to laugh, but also his parents were really sick with it. And so it was nice yeah. to just get our minds off of it. It was like the height of it. It was real scary. It was a great escape. And I think that's maybe another reason why the finale is so disappointing because the finale brings you crashing back down to earth. And you're like, but I watched the show to escape. People you go know? to jail. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I liked it overall, and I do think more people our age should watch it, especially if we're friends, uh, fans of Friends, yeah. because I don't think it was a ripoff, but I think that Seinfeld set a precedent for what sitcoms And I think like they're just. very different. I think you can like both. Yeah, I like know? both. Yeah, I, I like both. both. I'm, Friends is closer to our generation. It's still a little bit older than us, but I, I, 
to like it. And so I encourage your younger listeners and our younger listeners, if you haven't yet watched Seinfeld, go watch it. Oh, I did remember my favorite episode. It's the one with um, Mel Torme, (laughs) Jimmy and the shoes. (laughs) The Jimmy. I forgot about that one. That is a great episode. I don't remember. Oh, where (laughs) Mel Torme mistakes Kramer for being mentally challenged. Because he's wearing Jimmy's weird shoes and he got punched in the lit or he'd gone to the dentist. So he wasn't really talking right. And he's just Kramer. Yeah. (laughs) That was funny. Yeah. That was real funny. Talk about about a great performance. Yeah. 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 Uh, Hey, do you guys know one last thing here? Do you guys know what friends would have been called if Dave was on that show? What? Friend. (laughs) <laughs> anyway yes. hey, this was this was fun it yeah. was enjoyed it and uh, why don't you plug your guys's uh podcast again yeah it's story tales um and we have a we have a twitter at story tales pod i think it is mm-hmm. and then we also have a gmail account if people want to write to us um we'd love to like read people's emails out on the show it's story tales podcast at gmail.com and then people can follow me on twitter at marcus is a hooper Um, and then i also have a youtube channel marcus hooper so doing a lot of stuff we got a lot of stuff out there and we just kind of started this podcast like we i mean marcus started a few years ago like you mentioned the beginning but we just started doing our movie thing together um we we did a few episodes and then we went on vacation and then our brains stayed on vacation so it's been a couple weeks it's been a bit so, but we've got some plans. Yeah, but the future. last thing we did, we went through all of the Harry Potter movies mm-hmm. for October, since that's the spookiest month. <laughs> we we watched through all the Harry Potter movies, um, and we got we've got a whole list of movies and TV shows and books and video games and all kinds of things. And if it has a story in it, we're we want to talk about it. So, we're yeah, we're excited. Awesome. Well, when you get to Nacho Libre. Just give me a call. <laughs> yep, we'll bring you back for that episode. Uh-uh, right. <laughs> you and I will talk about it, Dave, and we'll just kick her out. That sounds good. <laughs> that sounds good. Well, thank you guys so much. You bet. Hey, thank thanks. you. Yeah, we want to thank you guys for joining us. And we also want to thank Andy and our listeners for being with us during this episode. And please don't forget to comment, share. Uh, this podcast with as many friends as you can. And also you can message us on the two days podcast, Facebook page. And we just, uh, you know, if you would take it easy, cause we got to go through so many comments and so many <laughs> mail, uh, you know, pieces of mail that it's slow down. incredible. Yes. Yeah, slow, <laughs> slow down. So anyway, or the two days podcast, Instagram page as well. And we'd love to talk with you, chat with you. And um, I think that's about it for me. Until next time, would you help us increase our podcasting viewership this coming week? And until next time, remember that two days are always better than one. See ya.